Swing and a drive. Right field and deep. Back goes Aquino. It's got a chance. Gone. Get out the tape measure. Long gone. Fly the W. Cubs fans, it's time to fly the W with Dustin Rhodes and Paul Crawley-Jean. You are listening to the Fly the W670 podcast. It's season two. It's episode 88, Cubs 40-man roster decisions. Don't forget to listen, download, review, and most importantly, subscribe to the podcast. Follow us on the socials, Fly the W670 on Twitter, Instagram. Of course, we're on Facebook. And email us at flythew670 at gmail.com. Crawley, happy Thursday. Yep, uh, we're getting close to the weekend, and and, and it's just been a, an exciting offseason for the Cubs. You know, it's been a while since the Cubs have been like so mentioned so much in all the rumors. I love it. Oh my gosh. I mean, every second you have to be just glued to Twitter these days to make sure you don't miss anything. Absolutely. And you know what? That's how it was for a while. Remember in seven, 16, 17, 18, 15, all that. It was just a blast. You're like, okay, the Cubs were in on everybody and that's how it feels now. And so I'm feeling good. I love this. Yeah. Great time of year. But, um, you know, last time we were on, we talked about how there's a lot of dates coming up on the calendar that, that, that are going to be important for Cub fans to realize. And two of those uh, big events happened on Tuesday. Um, Tuesday was the deadline for players who received qualifying offers, and they had to reject them by 3 p.m. So seven players this season received the $20 million qualifying offer and all seven rejected it, of course, and now they are in the free agent pool. That was Cody Bellinger, the Cubs. You know Shohei Otani from the Angels. Josh Hader and Cy Young Award winner Blake Snell uh, from the Padres. Aaron Nola. Sonny Gray is an interesting name that's back up. And then Matt Chapman, third baseman, are all officially free agents. So the Cubs will receive a compensatory pick for Bellinger, but you know, all I think it was pretty much a, a sure thing that none of those guys were going to accept. No, no, no shot. <laughs> no shot. There's way too much money involved here, Crowley. There's no shot they were going to accept those kind of deals. Yeah, and so that was the first deadline. The second one is is not going to get as much attention, but but it's important as well. And that's on uh, that on Tuesday. Teams had to add eligible minor leaguers to their 40-man rosters or risk losing them in the Rule 5 draft. So on Tuesday at 5 p.m., all the teams had to say who they were going to protect on the 40-man rosters. So, Dustin, the way this works is that college players drafted no later than 2020 and high school players drafted no later than 2019 are Rule 5 draft eligible this year. Uh, as well as players signed internationally no later than 2019. And so this is kind of the thing about having a deep farm system is that the Rule 5 was put, draft was put in place so people just didn't keep stocking their system and these players never getting a chance. Do you get what I'm saying? Right, right. They were getting blocked. They were sitting in the minors for too long. I get it. Right. And so the Cubs added three prospects to the 40-man roster. That was number 12 prospect Michael Arias. And, and that kid is throwing 99. I saw him throw 99. I saw him throw 100 miles per hour in Myrtle Beach. Um, th this kid's a stud. I'm so excited to see what he's going to do. The Cubs also added number 26 prospect and friend of the, the podcast, Porter Hodge. He was on the podcast before. 
and lefty reliever Bailey Horn, who's not on the top 30 prospects. But Dustin, as you know from last season, the Cubs are short on left-handed bullpen arms. They did not want to risk losing him. Yeah, that's a thing, yep. So as as we kind of look at this right here, Dustin, you know, there were some guys that were left off that were kind of a little bit of a surprise. Cole Franklin, who's another friend of the pod who's been on before, he is not protected. Um, One that kind of surprised me a little bit is Pablo Aliendo. Um, He he is a catcher and pitchers love throwing to him. The bat is catching up. Uh, I saw him when he pitched, when he caught in South Bend, they loved him. Uh, He was on the Smokies championship team. And and so, you know, as far as the catchers are concerned, you know, that, that again, the year that Jan Gomes had was absolutely phenomenal, but I just don't know if he can, Repeat. You're going to have some right. Hard to do. Here. Hard to do. Hard to duplicate. He's a year older, so regression is out there. But on the flip side, right, Amaya should be getting better. He's got to learn. He's got to keep runners on base a little bit better, though. Obviously, right. There's things he's got to learn. So it's it, it's just that that triple A spot. There, there. Um, the Cubs. If you remember, they re signed PJ Higgins to the organization. Uh, I believe he just went to Cincinnati. So. Just that triple A depth would get you nervous if uh, Pablo Aliendo did get. Um, picked up by somebody. So just something to kind of keep in mind. And then finally, Dustin, we have one more important deadline, and that's coming tomorrow, which is Friday, November 17th. This is the MLB non-tender deadline, 6 p.m. Central Time. All teams must offer their pre-arbitration and arbitration-eligible players a contract for 2023 by this date, Okay, so for any 40-man roster on a given MLB team, players who are not under contract and have less than six years of MLB experience must be offered a contract. Players who do not receive a contract are considered non-tendered and automatically become free agents. So if these guys don't get contracts tomorrow at 6 p.m., they're free agents and anywhere to go. And we call that the Schwarber, or maybe now we call it the Cody Bellinger because that's how the Cubs got (laughs) Cody Bellinger. And that's how Kyle Schwarber ended up going to Washington is it was just a non-tender. They did not offer him a contract. And so every year that these players have less than six years they're when they're, when they're in arbitration, you know, they're going to be every year that they go in, they're usually going to be worth more money. And the question is, is do you want to pay them that money? And do you think they're going to get that money elsewhere? I think with Kyle Schwarber, they, they, they figured it was like seven or eight million and they just didn't want to tender him. So they didn't. And then when they didn't, he was free to move on. Free to go. Yeah. So Dustin, the Cubs have the following players that are arbitration eligible this year. I want to kind of go through the list and then we'll take a look and see what we think. But the reason this matters, Dustin, is that right now the Cubs um, 40 man roster is filled all 40 spots. So if you are going, you know, if you are going to sign someone, trade someone, whatever you want to do, you have to make a a roster. You have to have roster spots available. And so this is where it's going to become tricky, right? Some of these I think are going to be no brainers. Um, Some of them are going to be question marks. I don't know. For every guy, for every guy you, for every guy you tender tomorrow, they have to then go to the 40 man. They will be on the 40 man. Correct. Now that's not to say that, that you couldn't then turn around and trade them or something to that degree, but it may get, it may not be as easy as you think. Okay. So the following Cubs are arbitration eligible this year. 
Uh, let's go number one. Cody Hewer uh, came over with um, Nick Magical in the Craig Kimbrell deal. And he is set to make $785,000 this year. Um, he has not played at all, really, pretty much, I think, a couple games for the Cubs. Yeah, we, we he, almost know nothing about him. Right. Um, obviously, we know that when he's healthy, he's a pretty darn good picture, pitcher. Um, because he's gone through all the injury stuff, I think the last – wasn't the last one like a fractured elbow? Mm-hmm. Uh, um, at this point, you know, you can almost – Wonder if you're going to non-tender them and say and just hope that another team doesn't pick him up. Well, how does that work, Crowley? So how does that work? So Cubs don't tender him. Nobody picks him up. He's then a free agent. Yeah, he can sign with anybody. Okay, but then if the Cubs sign him back, does he have to go right on the forty man at that point or no? Yeah, he'll be back on the forty man. Okay, all right. So the other one that you're going to have is Nick Magical. Now Nick Magical, good year. I think he had a good year, Dustin. Yep. Um, Better than I would have thought. I have to give him credit. Better than I thought. I did not think there was any way he could play the third base he played last year. And the other thing is, is that when he came back from Iowa, and this, again, you know, I hate to keep saying his name, John Maley, John Maley, but when he came back from Iowa, he was a different hitter. Um, and, and, and as you said, his third base was very serviceable. Uh, guys, so then you have a guy there that can play second or third. He's going to be setting to make about $1.9 million. And so that is someone that, you know, it's not a ton of money. When seems like a bar. I mean, it seems like a bargain, right? I mean, utility guys, right? I mean, it, it seems like pretty manageable. Right. You're trying to fill out your bench here. And so, you know, for, for you know, $1.9 million, you get a second baseman and a shortstop. And if you truly, truly want to, um, you can end up trading him, right? So that it could still be a trade piece. That's not a problem there. Uh, Mike Talkman. We talked about how when he was clicking in July in the summer, that was really uh, something that helped the Cubs a lot. Because you allowed uh, Cody Bellinger to play first. Talkman played center. He is set to make $2 million this year. So if the Cubs want to tender him well, that I take I take him for my fourth outfielder, right? Yeah, I, I think so. I think the fact that he was the starting outfielder was the problem. Um, you know, after a certain amount of games, you know, he's going to struggle. He's not an everyday player, but as a fourth outfielder and give a guy a rest, absolutely. I don't have a problem with that. The next guy on our list is Nick Birdie. Um, he's a, you know, he's not a kid anymore. He's 31, 32. Um, the walks have always kind of been an issue and the appendix was an issue. And so, you know, it, he is set to make 800 K, which is not a lot. Um, he's a guy that can really throw it up there. Uh, you know, you're looking for guys that can miss bats and Nick birdie would be one of those guys. It's just a question of control with him. Julian Merriweather set to make $1.3 million. He is a guy that, you know, was put on waivers and, and the Cubs picked him up last year. Um, I think we both thought that he did pretty well. Yeah. I, I like him a lot. I wonder what the pitching lab thinks of him. I wonder what, uh, Craig Council thinks of him. Now the next one is where we start getting real tricky, Dustin. I, I think I think I think these next four that we're going to have to kind of go down have different aspects to it that make it interesting. Patrick Wisdom, P. Wiz, again about 31, 32 years old, set to make two point six million dollars. If you remember, in like April and early May, that guy was on 
fire. I think he ended up really close with uh, close to the lead in home runs. Yeah, he finished but, probably he finished probably within one or two. Yep. Right, but but it's it's the strikeouts, which has always kind of been the bugaboo with him. He can, you know, he can crush the ball when he makes contact, but when he doesn't, it it's just strikeout, strikeout, strikeout. It's just there's no balance at all in that. And if you're going to do that, you have to be hitting like uh, Schwarber type numbers. Mm -hmm. If you're going to strike out or hit 180, hit 200, and you're going to strike out 200 times, well, then you better be putting up 40, 45 home runs. Yeah, I don't see them doing keeping him around at least tomorrow. So you think they're going to non-tender him? I do. Okay. So that is definitely one that we want to kind of watch tomorrow. And again, this this is all going down. You, you'll We'll know by 6 p.m. Central, if not earlier. The next one, Adbert Alzali. I, I I think that this was a guy. He is set to make two point no five. No brainer. No brainer. You tender him. Yeah, he's gonna get that. He's gonna get that contract. And uh, you know, it's it's he was boy when he was healthy. He was really something. It's just the question now with Adbert has always been health. And this was the first year that they really said, okay, you are a bullpen pitcher, and so that requires a different skill set than pitching every five days. You know what I mean? And, and, and part of it is, is being able to, to be available out of the bullpen, to be able to go three to four times a week if needed. And so I think they're definitely going to tender him. You know, he, he was a huge part of the Cubs' success this year. But, um, you know, would love to see him stay healthy. The next guy is Mark Leiter Jr. A very solid year for the Cubs. He is set to make one6 million dollars next year uh as far as arbitration is concerned and so he was a key piece of that bullpen uh, a guy though and it seemed like he was injured in september um they kept saying he was battling through things without being specific but um you know i was definitely concerned dustin when when he was losing the split finger and he wasn't throwing it very much in september and so i'm hoping that he is healthy um but you know, question. So he's mark. one of these swing guys, right? He's a guy that you could use out of the bullpen. He's a guy you could start. So, and he's a lefty. So I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of check marks for this guy. There's a lot of things on the pro side versus the negative side. And that price point seems very affordable. Well, I th with lighter, he was, you know, they used him in two different roles last year. They used, once he started, you know, getting there, they, he started either as a setup man for Alzali or they used him for um, as like a fireman to put out fires. Sometimes he was okay, right. you know, good with guys on base and all that stuff. He is a righty though, so not a lefty. Because remember, no. he, he okay, was the one bad. that wasn't a lefty but had had the split stats. Yep. So he's equal righty lefty. They each kind of hit similar off him, so there's no advantage one way to another. So still a good guy to have on the roster in that regard. The last one, Dustin, you're going to say no-brainer, but there is a question about it, and that's Justin Steele, who's set to make $4.1 million. Okay, what's, what's, what's the question? Well, the question is, is do you want to sign him long-term? And so a lot of times, if you have somebody that you think you're going to build around, you make a contract offer now, multi-year contract, you buy out their arbitration years. And so that's the question with Justin Steele. There's no doubt like he's not going anywhere. They're not going to non-tender him. But the question more with Steele is, is – do you believe in him as far as your future is concerned? Because, you know, every year these numbers are going to start jumping up more and more. And so you'll see that sometimes with players. I think they did it with uh, Nico Horner where the, his contract bought out, I think, one year of arbitration. And so all, all just kind of a question of, you know, with, with Justin, 
do you want, do you think he's long-term and do you want to kind of uh, lock him up into a long-term contract? The longer you wait, um, the more difficult it gets, the closer they get to free agency. If Justin Steele has another phenomenal year this year, okay, then that arbitration number is going to jump up high for next year. And then you're getting closer to free agency and the closer a player gets to free agency, if they're doing very well, then they're going to want to test the free agent market. So you can buy out those arbitration eligible years. And in the long run, it could be cheaper than if you kind of wait until near the end or till he becomes a free agent. Yeah. I, I mean, as long, listen, as long as he sticks around, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> it, right. You know what I mean? I mean, honestly, I mean, it, it's not, there's no salary cap, so I don't care. Right. I mean, it doesn't matter if, if the Cubs want to keep him, he wants to be here, then it's going to happen. That's all that matters. Right. And so as, as we're kind of taking a look at the 40 man roster here, and, and again, like I said, sometimes it's just a smart business decision. You know, you make a guy happy, um, those type of things. There are things that you can do um, that it makes sense. But when we look at the 40 man roster right now, and let me see if I can pop that up right there. You got Adbert Alzali on there who you assume is going to start the season on the on the roster. Michael Arias will not start the season with the Cubs. Javier Assad, Ben Brown still on the 40-man roster. You don't know if he's going to start in Iowa. Jose Quas, Kyle Hendricks, Cody Hewer, Porter Hodge, who they protected, Bailey Horn, who they protected, Brandon Hughes, Caleb Killian, Mark Leiter Jr., Luke Little, Julian Merriweather, Daniel Palencia, Ethan Roberts, Michael Rucker, Drew Smiley, Justin Steele, Jamison Tyone, Keegan Thompson, Hayden Wesniski and Jordan Wicks. Those are the pitchers that we have right now. Two catchers, Miguel Amaya and Jan Gomes. For the infielders, you have Horner, Madrigal, Mastrobani, Mervis, Morel Swanson, Luis Vasquez. So he was put on the 40-man roster before they did all that protecting. And so he's a guy that can really play some solid, a phenomenal infielder, can play multiple why positions. Why is Miles Mastroboni, why, why is his name still being kicked around? Because he's a lefty would be probably the best answer I can give you. He had a pretty solid September. I think that they there's something there that they like. Um, but but there's no saying that again. You know when you talk about magical Master Buani Vasquez, you know with Vasquez you could start him again. You're just protecting him, so he probably is not going to be on the major league roster to start the season. Um, but again, if you well, again, I mean, I guess the first here's the to me. Crowley, and this gets really, we're getting really inside baseball here, in my opinion. I mean, we're yeah. really taking a deep, deep dive, but let, let's just, let's keep it simple for the listeners. And, and I guess for me, okay. So assuming that you don't sign Justin Steele to a long-term deal by six o'clock tomorrow night. Right. Okay. Well, let's just assume that who's coming off. You know what that, I mean? I'm saying, and, that's and the then question. Adbert, Adbert Alzale. I mean, but I'm saying those are the questions that matter to the fans, right? I don't care who's on the 40 man roster on day one. It's about, okay, you just told me that if you keep a guy, you got to lose a guy. So now that doesn't mean they're gone forever or anything like that, but I'm saying, so uh, there's two or three guys on that arb list that are to me, no brainers, no brainers. Right. So, if you took, who are the three, if, if we were to put it this way, who are the three guys on the current 40-man roster that you could live without? I would say if, if the Cubs are thinking this through, I'm, I'm thinking uh, Cody Hewer, 
Nick Birdie and Patrick Wisdom would be the three guys that if their names were... Uh, no, 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 no. I'm talking about the guys from the list, Crowley, that are definitely going to the 40-man roster. And then the names that are coming off the 40-man roster. So... I'm saying Alzale is going to and Justin Steele. We'll just make it. We'll, let's even take it down to two. Those, yeah, two guys, those two guys are going to be protected. They're right. going to get something, whether it's long-term or short-term. Right. So who's coming off the 40, man, when these two go on it tomorrow? Well, they're already on the 40, man. So it doesn't matter. They're all, no. they're all, they're all on the 40, man. Okay, but well, that's not, though, that, that, that's not how, that's not how it was. That, that's not how it was explained. So, so what ends up happening here, though, is that let's say you signed um, Shohei Otani tomorrow. Someone's yeah, going that's, to that's that's different. But this has if all these guys, I guess Crowley, if all these guys are on the all these guys are on the forty man right now. Yes. Okay. I, I then I'm I don't know what the. Okay, you know what so I mean. It, so I, it's, I, it's, it's, it's more of a you know who who are they going to keep and who aren't they going to keep. Right. right. I mean, so on that list tomorrow of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine players. I think potentially there's going to be three men that are three players that are not going to get tendered a contract, and that will put the 40 man roster at, at 37. 37. Okay. And then Crowley, are they then looking at everybody else's trash to potentially add to the 40 man? I do not think so. I think they're going to keep those spots open. You you can sign somebody all the you know all the way up in February, even March, right? Okay. So you don't have to do anything. It's just a question of it, once you get that contract, then it just becomes a little bit trickier. So you want to have those spots open. And, and do you think it's worth the money? Do you think someone else is going to try to take them? There's a couple of questions you got to ask. But I would say come tomorrow, I would I would really be paying attention to Nick Birdie, Cody Hewer, and Patrick Wisdom to see if they're still on the yeah, team I, I mean that, on that, Saturday. That makes all the sense in the world. All the sense in the world. You are listening to the Fly the W670 podcast. It's episode 88 of season number two. We're talking Cubs 40-man roster decisions. Don't forget to listen, download, review, and subscribe to the Fly the W podcast. Crowley, as we talked about in the beginning of the podcast, there is just so much news going on. And <laughs> award season, award season is hot and heavy. Yes, sir. Uh, you know, we, we we had all sorts of awards this week, and, and some of them, uh, you know, have to do with the Cubs, some not. Um, again, we were unhappy about this situation. Uh, Cy Young went to Blake Snell, 204 points, um, is what he got 28 first place votes. I was just irritated about, um, you know, just the fact that he didn't have, if you take a look at his April and May, yeah, he finished fantastic, but I think Justin Steele was solid all year with a couple blips in September. And it's just like that knocks him out of the top three. Number two, Dustin, number two, Logan Webb. 86 points he got he got on that one. A lot of second-place votes. Zach Gallen, number three. Spencer Strider, number four. And Justin Steele comes in at number five. I thought that Cody, Kodai Senga was real low, too. I don't know about you. He didn't yeah, get any first-place votes. Yeah, he could have been. He could have definitely been higher. You know, at the end of the day, if, you're, if you don't win it, okay, if you don't win it, I don't know what difference it makes. And he definitely didn't deserve to win it. I mean, he was in the conversation going into September, but I mean, none of us feel really good about how it ended, right? None of us feel good on how things wound up. So if you're not first, you're last, in my opinion <laughs> on this. I, I did read that he got a nice bonus, um, a million-dollar bonus because he was in the top five. I don't know if that was exactly what it was, but he got a 
he got a million dollar bonus for where he finished in all of this. So that'll put a little ha la 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 and fa la 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 in your holiday season. Um, and good for him. He, he deserved it. But yeah, I mean, there's some question marks, but he, he didn't he didn't deserve to win. I don't think anybody can say he deserved to win and he didn't deserve to get any first place votes. I don't even know if he deserved to get a second place vote. He stunk mm. at the end. He was no good. He ran out of gas. And that's so going to happen. You're, you're talking about two bad starts. Three. Three at least. No, he was, remember, he was pretty good in that third one. That was against Atlanta. And then they took him out. And then they came back and say I dropped the ball. But the, it was really the six runs the, in, in two different starts. I think one was against Arizona and one. One was definitely against Arizona. And that was the game against, that was the game against, um, we're looking at the manager of the year now, but if we went back to the Cy Young, that was against Zach Allen. Yeah. That was a that Friday. Was that was a Friday after, wasn't it the Friday afternoon game where Zach Allen just absolutely shut the Cubs down? Yep. 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 You know? Yep. I, I said, I, if you're, if you're not first, you're last in, in my opinion, in this, in this kind of thing. It, it, so Ricky Bobby, I, I think, I think I, I like to me, it would have just been great to see him in the top three. I think that means something. And and so I, you know, congr- I'm happy he got the bonus. I was glad he, I was glad he got the All Star experience, Crowley. I, I think that to me is more important and more beneficial to him and for the fans than where he ranked Cy Young. That is true. That was that was a cool experience that he got to have. I just wish he had teammates with him there. But uh, Dustin, the Cubs, ironically, had two cracks at the NL Manager of the Year. <laughs> Uh, new Cubs skipper, Craig. Here, again, I, I might be a little off today. It's Thursday. It's been a long week. I, I don't, <laughs> how did they get two cracks at it? They, 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 they only have one manager at a time. I'm confused. Okay. There he is. The Cubs manager, Craig council was up for the award. Um, you well, know, the winner was... for the award, right? Every one of them's up for the award. Well, he was, he was in second he was place. Fi- he was, he was in the a top final. running. He, he was, was a finalist. Right. Yeah. But, but where was David Ross? David Ross got uh, first place votes. So Skip Schumacher wins it. Council finished second with 51 a bridesmaid. Uh, points. Always a bridesmaid. Right there. And then if you take a look, yeah, one Rossi person got a second. Who, who, did Je- Does Jesse Rogers have a vote? Does Jesse <laughs> have a vote to help sell the book? I mean, seriously, who's voting on this stuff? Who votes on this? So I'm just telling you, you know, you got uh, Council 51, Snicker with the Braves 48, Lavello Diamondbacks 42, Dave Roberts 41, David but Bell he, of the Reds 13. But and, Craig Council would have won it as a Brewer, not as a Cub. Yeah, no, it just would have been fun to rub in their faces, though. Well, okay, and that's I, I, I'm petty sometimes. I, I've heard. Listen, you're Crowley. You're not the first person who made that observation. I, nope. I still want to know. I still want an investigation on who vote, who gave David Ross, maybe a third place vote. I could see a third place, but how in the world David Ross got a second place vote? I, I have no idea. Uh, some other cool cub connection to manager of the year, former Cubs bench coach and first base coach, Brandon yep. Hyde won the AL manager of the year for his amazing season with the Orioles. The one Absolutely that got away. The one that got away. He, he was a great guy. You, you knew he wasn't going to sit around being a first base coach forever. I mean, he oh, was, gosh. He was too good, and and they had Dave. Uh, they, they, you know, it just wasn't happening. But uh, speaking of Craig Council, Ken Rosenthal was the first to report that Craig Council's uh, former bench coach Pat Murphy is getting the Brewers job. Uh, I know Dustin, you were a little disappointed about that. Yep, I and- wanted David Ross to get that job because I wanted uh, you want to talk about being petty, Crowley. Well, I thought about your idea about David Ross getting that job. And then all of a sudden I started thinking more and more. And Dustin, think about all the jobs that had openings. Brewers, 
Mets, Guardians, Astros, Giants, Padres, and what's no one name you never heard at all? Joe Madden. Joe Madden. None. Zero. He I said heard, he was interested in the Mets job. I, I heard nothing about him. And so you want to talk about, you know, stroking the rivalry. I'm surprised. Well, I'm not surprised because the Brewers are cheap. Yeah, but, I, say, uh, I don't know that Joe Madden rolls out of bed for like less than three mil though. So, <laughs> so that, but imagine how fun that would have oh, been. Oh boy, that would have been fun. That would have been spicy. That would have been spicy. David Ross would have been better though. Now, one good thing though about Pat Murphy staying with the Brewers is that Jesse Rogers is reporting that the entire Brewers coaching staff is returning. So it is more likely we, we, we had questions about, you know, guys that we really got to know, hitting coach Dustin Kelly, pitching coach Tommy Hadovy, John Maley's up. They really, you know, that really improves their chance of returning because now he's not grabbing everybody from Milwaukee and bringing them over. Good, 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 good. Now, speaking of staff being put, a friend of the pod, Andy Martinez, was writing about former Cubs director of pitching special assistant Greg Breslow's move to Boston. And according to his sources, Breslow isn't allowed to take any Cubs front office personnel for a year with him to Boston. And so, <laughs> you know. It, 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 talk again. Talk about Petty. I love it. You know, but but that is important because it oh, allows. Yes, it's important. Yes, for yeah, sure. Yeah, it allows the Cubs to kind of set up how they want to go. You know, promotions, and do they want to hire within? Are they looking at somebody you know outside the organization to take over that role? But you know, you just don't have a huge brain drain in one year, and so the hope is is that it gives the time the Cubs time to set up how they want how how they want to keep this going because. I mean, I think now there's no secret about how great Craig Breslow was. And so the question is, who's next? Um, Dustin, I think you and I were both big fans of the pitch clock. Um, but Jeff Passan the, the, reported that Major League Baseball's competition committee has proposed reducing the pitch clock with runners on base from 20 seconds to 18. Does that seem like a little much or I don't know, nitpicky? I, don't know. I just, I don't know what the two seconds is going to do. I I mean, now Crowley, you know what? Now I'm going to watch a baseball game because they, they decreased it from 20 to 18. Now. Okay. They got me. I'm in. I mean, what? I, I don't get it. I, I don't understand. I, I, you know, there's some mathematician out there who did some big project and, and, and made some fancy graph and some slideshows and some whatever else's and PowerPoints. Okay, uh, but I mean, passing and Jesse, major news from the owners' meetings. Oh, okay, right. I mean, so? I don't, no, I don't. Shohei Otani, Bellinger, you know, those are that's major news. Shaving two seconds off of a pitch clock with runners on base. I, I need a little more information. I just thought it was just. I thought the pitch clock worked fine this year. I thought there that's was fine. no reason why to tinker with it. Me, well, yeah. I mean, okay. Yeah. Speaking of the owners meeting, Dustin, the, the uh, MLB owners met and they have unanimously approved the Oakland Athletics move to Las Vegas. That doesn't mean that it's 100% happening, um, but it, it means that it's clear. There's no hurdles coming from Oakland's um, ownership. So th they can do what they want now. They can stay at Oakland. They can move to Las Vegas. They're obviously not going to have a stadium um, but, but Supposedly you know, next year, they're going to like bounce back and forth between a stadium in the Bay area and a minor league field in Vegas, in Vegas, they have a, an awesome minor league team. It's the area 51s mm -hmm. and it's a really cool feel. Um, for a few years, the Cubs are doing it. They haven't done it since COVID. Yeah, um, they used to go to Vegas right before, right on their way home. 
Right, right. They would do a, they would do a, a trip to Vegas. So I mean, that's a, the Area Fifty One stadium is really nice. So um, interesting to see. But to me, Dustin, and I know the teams move. It's not the first time, and it's not the first time the Athletics have moved. This just kind of just leaves, I think, a bad taste in the mouth. And I feel I feel bad for the people of Oakland who've had to kind of deal with all this crap. Yeah, I mean, if there are any real Oakland A's fans out there, I feel bad. If you want to visit your team in Las Vegas, do so. Otherwise, go ahead and become a Giants fan. Also announced today, Dustin. Well, this see, is the bad news, Crowley. Now we're getting to the meat. Huh? Now we're getting to the meat here. Uh, you know, Rob Manfred, my enemy, has awarded <laughs> the 2025 All-Star Game to the Atlanta Braves. Why is that important for Cubs fans? Because once again, Wrigley Field and Chicago is getting screwed. The last time Wrigley Field had hosted the All-Star Game was in 1990. Last time Atlanta hosted, 2000 at Turner Field. Yes, well, they got they, a new ballpark, Crowley. They got a new ballpark. And if anyone had gone, taken a time machine and goes back to 1990, it looks like the Cubs now have a new ballpark. And so the Cubs and the and the Ricketts ownership has put in a ton of money to renovate that stadium, to renovate the surrounding area, to truly make it a beautiful, beautiful experience. I am... I know not everyone's a hundred, you know, some people I talk, Hey, I miss this dive bar. I miss, there's still plenty of dive bars around there. Go to Nisei lounge. There's plenty, but there's also other things for people around there. And, and I do not understand how the Cubs get shafted on this one. Um, so now what happens, Dustin? So 2024, we already knew that the all-star game was going to be in globe life field in Texas, new stadium there. 2025 now in Atlanta, they have a new stadium. And 2026 is going to be in Philadelphia uh, for the, what is it, 250-year anniversary of 1776. And so the next time Wrigley Field will have an opportunity to host an All-Star game, 2027. What is Rob Manfred doing? Like, is he, is, does this have to do with the fact that the city didn't pay for the renovations? I mean, this is one of the most iconic ballparks in all of baseball. The last place that Jackie Robinson played that's still standing. And they have done everything jumbo to make the experience better, more fan-friendly. Uh, I cannot tell you, you know, when you talk about the 1060 project, which started after the 2014 season, everything that they've done, I like about 95% of it. And I love the, the Gallagher way. I love, you know, the hotel looks cool. I think it all looks really cool down there. And it's just truly a shame that Chicago has to wait now, what, another three, four years to potentially get an all-star game? Come on. Well, I hope that at some point that uh, Manfred is going to answer questions and somebody's going to ask him, bottom line, how, how do you come up with these decisions? It, it, it To me, it just really screwed Cub fans. And so absolutely annoyed about that and, and disappointed that Manfred just really – Anyone that goes to Wrigley, that visits Wrigley, that sees Wrigley knows all the, like I said, I've been going to Wrigley Field since, you know, since 1978, 1979. If you want to talk about all the, you know, the ballpark and the neighborhood now just look beautiful. And it is time that the jewel Wrigley Field gets the all-star game, gets that primetime viewership. And I'm just, I'm, I'm going to be honest. Yep. I get it. I, I understand the disappointment. I thought, I thought it was like a two foot putt. I mean, honestly, I, I thought, I thought they were getting it for sure. Yeah, disappointing. Um, one thing though is that we got a little bit more news is that the World Series Texas Rangers champions will begin their title defense against the Cubs 
on Thursday night on ESPN, March 28th, 2024. Uh, Seems I already to get earlier and earlier and earlier and earlier every year. Yeah, at least it's in Texas and not in Chicago, right? Well, um, you know, yes, I'll just, I'll leave it at that. We'll have plenty you, of time you, to you, bitch. You I'll have wanna... plenty of time to bitch and moan about the schedule later on in a future episode. But yeah, I mean, come on. You can sit next to me, Dustin, on April 1st. I'm sure it's going to be just as chilly. Um, but I already got my tickets for the Saturday game. I will be down in Texas to Arlington and I'll really? be there Saturday. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Dustin, to, come... It must be nice to be a teacher, Crowley. Well, it's during my spring break. Well, I'm just saying it seems like it's a, it could be an expensive ticket. World champions opening. No, weekend. the tickets the tickets were for the Saturday game. Now I don't have opening day yet. Well, I'm sure those will be it, but it was sixty dollars a ticket. Okay. That's very affordable. So sixty not only that, I'm like like almost behind the Cubs dugout. Jeez. Shows, you how, to, shows <laughs> you how terrible those fans are. I'm gonna have to get a fly the W banner or something to hang so when the players come back to the dugout, we can get some press. There you go. Um, so I'll be there. And, and, and like I said, we'll have plenty of time there, but, um, congrats squad to our friends at marquee network on winning yes. three regional Emmys, outstanding achievement for sports, single program series live that went to the road to Wrigley. We have had Jim Callis on and we've had our buddy Lance Brozdowski on. So we've had two out of the three hosts of that show. So just great people. Congratulations to them. Outstanding achievement for sports documentary. I know people make jokes that the Cubs, you know, too many documentaries, but guess what? I love all of them. I love the Kerry Wood one, the Fergie Jenkins, the Ron Santo, the Harry Carey, Ernie Banks. They're all great. I could watch them a million times. And then finally, outstanding crafts achievement for on-camera talent, sports analyst play-by-play goes to, again, friend of the podcast, John Boog Shiambi. This is the Fly the W670 podcast. It's season two. It's episode 88. We've been talking about the 40-man roster decisions. Don't forget to listen, download, review, and subscribe to the Fly the W podcast. Are you like Crowley? You're going through baseball withdrawals. Well, in this new segment we've got cooking for you, we're going to help you fill up your social calendar with Cubs events. This weekend, the Chicago Sports Spectacular coming to the Rosemont area with tons of memorabilia, autograph opportunities for Cub fans and sports fans in general. Don't forget to check it out. Joining me on the Fly the W podcast, I am happy to have on Kevin Schwartz. Kevin, how are you today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Uh, I'm, I'm super excited. The reason I am excited, Kevin, you know what a memorabilia nut I am. And this is one of the fun weekends of the year, the Chicago Sports Spectacular in Rosemont. Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about what the Chicago Sports Spectacular is? So the Chicago Sports Spectacular is a full sports autograph and memorabilia card and trade hobby show. Uh, we have over 400 different vendor tables and 80 over 80 autograph guests signing this weekend at Rosemont Convention Center. Um, we'll have dealers from around the country that have, you know, um, wax, wax packs and graded cards and vintage stuff as well as display cases, and then obviously a whole bunch of autograph memorabilia, um, as well as a huge autograph lineup uh, featuring Peyton Manning, Brett Favre, um, and a bunch of the 2016 Cubs of Araldus Chapman, Kyle Schwarber, Addison Russell, Jorge Soler, Trevor Cahill, and more. Yeah, and, and, and what I love about it, I mean, it here's the thing about the Chicago Sports Spectacular. 
I can't even remember late 80s, early 90s, but it has been going on for a long time. And and your company, Schwartz Sports, has been a part of it for a long time as well. And, and you guys have always had such a good reputation in the memorabilia community in the Chicagoland area. And what I like about the spectacular is it does, yeah, you kind of got your big guys like Peyton Manning and Brett Favre, but there is a really strong Chicago focus. And I think that's what really makes it fun. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, obviously, we want to um, – give back to the Chicago area as much as possible and, and bring in the stars from um, today as much as the past, the hall of famers, the legends that we all grew up in and loved throughout the years. Um, you know, so yeah, we don't just focus on the, the, the big superstars of Favre and Manning come in, um, you know, and, and then we try to hit all the sports. We have guys um, like Jeremy Roenick and Chris Chellis from the Blackhawks. Uh, we have DJ Moore coming in from the bears Um even guys like Andre Dawson and um, Ozzy Gann from, you know, so we try to hit all the different Chicago sports teams that we can um, and then give a little bit of a national flavor to it as well and, and bring it all together for, for collectors of all ages and all different uh, likes. Now, um, you know, the one thing I always tell people is that, you know, you sit there and like you were mentioning, there's cards, which the card industry has blown up. I mean, just insane, the amount of people ripping packs and all that stuff. Um, but even other things, like I have a picture up here, if you're subscribed to the the Score 670, the Score YouTube channel, pennants. Like I have pennants. I've bought so many pennants. From, you got a couple great pennant dealers. There's art that you can buy, some just absolutely fantastic artists. And a lot of times they'll, they'll paint somebody that's going to be there so you could get that autographed. And then what I also like to do sometimes is I like to see what other people bring and you can find some crazy stuff. This was a guy, I took a picture of this bench and it was a Wrigley field bench and he has just been getting it signed by all these different Cubs players that come to the spectacular. And that's the fun thing is you kind of get some ideas like, Oh, that's kind of a cool piece or maybe I'm going to do something like that. We, we do see a lot of uh, great pieces as well as interesting pieces come through the autograph lines, especially um, you know, I know we'll talk to a bunch of vendors on the floor and be like, you know, we saw like rare, unique, like uh, collectibles, like old bobbleheads from like the 50s and stuff like that and pennants like you had just shown. Um, but yeah, from the autograph lines, you know, it's not just baseballs and bats and footballs you see. Like you said, so we, we see people bringing like sections of stadiums. We had a, one person bring a urinal from a uh, from a stadium <laughs> once through line. So uh, they, they claim it was sanitized, but, um, <laughs> um, you know, we, we see all types of, of uh, interesting and unique items, and it's great for the sports fans to really get to see what, what other collectors create as well as find, like, online and in their attics and where, wherever. Now, you know, the one thing I do love to do when your show comes in is, is hit the authentication booths. Um, for people that don't know, there is a lot of, unfortunately, um, you know, fake vendors out there with eBay and stuff like that. That's why it's cool to go to a show like this is, you know, you're getting the legit stuff. Same with, you know, guys that have good reputations like Schwartz sports, but um, I always go either to PSA, JSA, Beckett, they're all there. And what they'll do is, is if, especially if you get there early enough, like on the Fridays when I usually like to do that, I'll sit there. This is a sports illustrated. I have uh, autographed by Andre Dawson. He was at the show. He, he's a, he's a fixture at the sports spectacular and you can see a stickers on there and whether it's PSA or JSA or Beckett that will authenticate it. They'll put it in their computer system. So in the future, 
you want to sell it. Maybe the kid's going off to college and you can't, or maybe you're downsizing. It's, I think it has a little bit more value if people know it's authentic. Uh, the authentication definitely helps. Um, and that makes it a universal authentication, you know, places like PSA that was on that Dawson piece as, as well as uh, JSA and Beckett who will all be present at the show this weekend. Um, it just gives all the collectors a sense to know that, that, um, the item was signed at one of these autograph signings that we do. And, and then they can also, they're also set up there to take submissions for um, anyone who has, you know, baseballs and bats and jerseys and photos from, you know, just, um, you know, their past sitting around their house that they want to get properly authenticated and proper, proper documentation for. So they'll be taking submissions for that. And then obviously PSA and Beckett take submissions for graded cars as well as a CSG who will be out there as well. Now for people that have never been to the show, um, the pre-sale unfortunately is already over. Um, the, the show's this weekend, but people can still show up uh, and buy tickets at the door, correct? Yeah. Tickets are available for all autographed guests at the door. Um, we still have VIP packages available. Um, and, and all days, uh, all day passes tickets are available as well and can be purchased at the show. Now I did the three day pass because I'm going to be there all three days, <laughs> loving it up. Um, but you know, what you do is you sit there, you pick up your autograph tickets and then the players have certain times that they show up. And once you do that, you get in line. And so I got a couple tips that I kind of in my head said to myself, okay, what would I have told a young me back then? Number one, Kevin, I always, I know you guys always have like, you know, there's pens and markers. I always bring my own. I'm just kind of weird like that, but I always kind of bring my own pen and marker. And then if you've never been to one of these events, you know, you might get starstruck. Like, you know, here's this athlete that you really wanted to meet and get things autographed. Tell them what you want before you hand it to them. These guys have a million things to sign. A lot of times they'll grab it and sign it. If you have a specific location, just make sure that you say where you want it. Can you please put it here prior to handing it to them so that you don't have anything that kind of gets you, you know, is not where you want it. Cause that, that's the thing, you know, you, you know, these guys are hundred percent willing to, you know, do what you want. Um, it just has to, you know, you got to tell them beforehand and, and that's the thing to remember, too, is that if you're going for the first time, look at the prices because there are sometimes players don't sign certain things. I know Bo Jackson's famous. He has like things he won't sign. I think there's that poster of him with the football pads and the and the baseball. He won't sign that. Um, but also the inscriptions cost extra. It's not just, oh, they're going to sign a bunch of stuff and all over. You have to you have to pre-purchase that. Correct. Yeah. Um, you know, some a couple of the. Uh... Um, some Hall of Famers or award winners will include like Hall of Fame in their year, but most of them uh, do charge an additional fee uh, for any kind of inscription, stat, award, achievement to put on there beyond their name. So this is a picture I have of me, and I'm all excited. This is Mark Pryor, and um, he's he's signing. And and this was the piece that I got. It was the Chicago Heat Sports Illustrated signed by Pryor, and I got Wood to sign it at a later Chicago Sports Spectacular. But one cool thing, and I don't know if people know this one, is that you guys also offer a photo booth where you can pay to 
get a picture with your favorite player. And for um, an extra $10, you can get that print at the show. So what I've always been doing is I will get a picture with the player. You guys print it out. It's up in like five minutes. And then I'll have that signed by a player. So this is a picture of me with Greg Maddox signed by Greg Maddox that was done at the show. And I, I, I think that's a cool idea. I don't know. Yeah, the uh, the photo opportunity of the uh, you know the uh, pose photo with the player um, has become really popular. That you know we have a lot of fans that come in and don't even do the autographs; they just do photo ops with the guys. They're like taking the picture that they can later frame up and put on their wall. Yeah, and and so when you start kind of digging through the lineup, what what, what do you start doing? Do you, is there again? Do you start with the Chicago focus? Do you start with the the big guys, or how does that all work when you decide who you're going to get? Um, you know, we we look for guys that haven't been at the show in a while. Um, you know, uh, this show we kind of focus a little bit on the uh, 2016 Cubs because all of a sudden we're realizing it's been about four or five, six years since we've seen a lot of them um, due to the uh, COVID shutdowns and everything. And now that the shows are back and the guys have kind of changed cities up here or some are out of baseball now, um, we, we want them to come back. I know they want to come back and see the fans. Uh, we had Dexter Fowler there um, back in March and and he had a really gr great draw to him. Um and, you know, this year, I know people are really excited to see Schwarber as well as uh, Chapman. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm looking at the lineup and, and like and that's the fun thing is when all of a sudden on your Facebook page for the Chicago Sports Spectacular, when all of a sudden I see that the lineup's coming out, I, you know, I'm one of those guys that sits there and says, John Lackey, please, or whatever. But I just get so excited to see who could possibly be showing up. And so this year, you know, for, for a Cub fan like me, you know, like I said, I'm going to go first thing on Friday and I'm getting a picture with Andre Dawson. I'm going to have him sign it. And I got to ask you, you know, you know, Kyle, when it, or Kevin, when it comes down to this, is there a better autograph in the entire game than Andre Dawson? <laughs> well, Andre is a great friend of the show. Um, and he loves coming out and seeing the fans and we love having him there. Um, I've worked with Andre for, for many years. Um, so I know the fans always really appreciate him. He's, he's just so graceful, graceful, graceful to everybody. Um, but, um, you know, he's definitely, he's definitely up in, in that, in that upper tier in that, in that a list of, uh, of guys for, for the Chicago area. Because, because here's the thing, some guys scribble. Like if you look at Greg Maddox autograph, I have no idea what that is. It just, it's, it's some lines. Andre Dawson is like calligraphy, man. That's, that's beauty and art. Also on Friday is going to be Bill Madlock, 70s batting champ. Uh, I, that was a huge mistake by the Cubs ever letting that guy go, but he's great to have around. And then, you know, Billy Williams. When you talk about Billy Williams, he really is the figurehead of this organization. And to have Billy coming from 6.30 to 7.30 on Friday, I mean, that that is just, you know, I'm glad that he's back to doing shows. That it had been, like you said, it had been a while that, you know, he kind of didn't. And now that he's back, I'm just so thrilled. And, and he's another guy that just has a great autograph. Um, on Saturday, Jorge Soler. I I go to every signing I can. I can only remember him doing one signing after the World Series, and that was it. So for people that are trying to get World Series pieces done, I mean, that's a huge get. And and, and also for the Atlanta fans, people kind of forget that these guys are heroes other places as well. Yeah, uh, you know, Soler, um, we've been getting a lot of, like, mixed – 
like crossover on him. You know, you, yeah, we forget that he's the World Series MVP for the Braves. So uh, not only is he just a, a big um, star here in Chicago for being, uh, you know, key member of the 2016 team, um, he's also an award winner, which is a big collectible uh, for the autograph industry. And then also you have, a, you know, the Braves are a pretty solid uh, collector team as well. So, um, you know, now that um, we got him back, we're very excited about that. Um, we don't believe he's been here since 2016 or 2015. Um, so I know a lot of people are, are excited to finally get him on their team pieces that haven't gotten him yet. Now, now also on Saturday, nice and bright and early, thank you very much, Kyle Schwarber. Woo. I mean, like if, if there isn't a guy that, you know, isn't just beloved in baseball and again, crossover Cubs, Phillies, you know, Boston, Washington, this is it. But, but, you know, th there's such a place for Kyle in our hearts, you know, with him coming back from the injury and making it back. How much fun is it going to be to have Kyle back? I mean, that's got to be a hot ticket. Um, it is going to be one of the top draws, uh, at the whole show is going to be Schwarber. Um, you know, fans really just crave to him. Um, they love watching him play. You know, he's always been real great with the community and everything like that. So I know, I know everyone's coming out early for him, but I know they're going to be excited to see him. And he's always really great with the fans and everything. So. Absolutely. And then on Sunday, uh, are all this Chapman making his return? And, and not only that, Texas won the World Series, so if you for all the for all the Rangers fans out there, and then um, also Addison Russell, who has not been around for a while, so getting the and, and Trevor Cahill. So Sunday's kind of a day that there, there's just a lot of players that that just have not signed, like you said, in a very long time around here. Yeah, um, you know, and that that's what we strive for to try and find the guys who have kind of been uh, missing for a little bit. Um, um, you know, like Trevor Kale, this will be his first time at the uh, Chicago Sports Spectacular show. Um, and we're really excited to have him. And he's actually part of the, v the VIP package as well. Uh, you know, with that package, you do get a f um, one autograph of Cahill. Um, and then, um, you know, obviously, Araldis, everyone's excited about him. He hasn't been here in about six or seven years. And obviously, just won the World Series again with the Rangers. So, so, you know, I know everyone wants to come out and congratulate him for that as well. And, and, you know, like you said, some old timers as well, Dennis Eckersley, if people forget, he was, he was a cub for many years before going on to be a hall of fame closer for the Oakland A's. Uh, you, you know, you also have Brian McRae, who was a star with the Cubs in the nineties and then Ford Frick award winner, Pat Hughes. And, you know, my guys at autograph one, this is what I love about them. They, 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 absolutely fill up the table. So if you don't have something to bring, those guys will have something awesome for you. And Pat is just so friendly. The prices are so good for, for, for fans. And that 2016 final call is a huge, you know, people love to have that again, Pat, like Andre Dawson, a guy with beautiful penmanship and, and just great to have his memorabilia. Yeah, Pat, with, with that inscription, the uh, the World Series call inscription, I know everyone that's the, everyone loves that one. Um, he fills up 16 by 20s fully with that. He writes it all through baseballs and bats. Um, he does a great job with it. And his line's a little bit slow because of that at times. 
but he <laughs> give, he gives everyone their their full value for going through his line. Um, he's a tremendous guest for us to have, and and that inscription is just awesome. Well, Kevin, I really appreciate you jumping on. And for people that are interested, you can go to chicagosportsspectacular.com. The show is this Friday through Sunday, the 17th through the 19th. And um, it's really important to kind of watch the website because things can happen. You never know. Um, so if guys have to cancel, they, you know, if something happens with their flight or they're sick, whatever, something to keep in mind. Uh, general admission, one day passes, adults are $15. Children 10 and below are 10. Children 5 and below are free. I did the weekend three-day pass for $50. And so there's also a VIP for $150. So the general admission on Friday starts at 3.30 and goes to 8.30, Saturday 9.30 to 5, and Sunday 10 to 4. VIPs get in a little bit earlier. And also, you know, you guys also have a Twitter account at the, I think it's CSS, CS Spectacular, but just, you know, people always put their uh, photos and tag stuff on there. It's great. Yeah, and we also love uh, everyone to tag their photos and, um, and tag the show in them, and 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 we all like to have a great time with it. It's going to be a real uh, great event. Like I said, we got a ton of dealers from another country coming. We're going to have a lot of cool um, and unique items out on that floor um, at the different vendor booths, as well as obviously some of the big autograph guests, including a bunch of these uh, old former Cubs players. And, and I will be there myself. Uh, I don't, I'm not signing autographs, but if you have any questions or you're not sure about something, you're a first timer, you can message me on Twitter and I'd be happy to respond and help you out with any way you can. Kevin, thanks for coming on. And I'm super excited this weekend. I, this is going to be another great show. I can tell. Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to seeing everyone this weekend. That's a wrap. Don't forget to listen, download, review, and subscribe to the Fly the W podcast. Follow the socials, Fly the W on Facebook, Fly the W670, Instagram. We're on Twitter. Of course, you can email us, fly the W670 at gmail.com. And now you can watch us YouTube by subscribing to the 670 score YouTube channel. Crowley, have a great weekend. Enjoy the Chicago Sports Spectacular. I know you will be there, and we will uh, get together early next week for a uh, pre Thanksgiving edition of the fly the W670 podcast. Dustin, I'm going to be visiting with Andre Dawson. I'm going to be visiting with Addison Russell, Aroldis Chapman, Kyle Schwarber. I mean, I'm going to be all going retro 2016, having a blast. I hope to see a lot of you down there. Go Cubs. It's all over.